It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> oh, dilly dilly neighbors. Welcome in. Patrick Johnson here with you. It's great to have you along. We are wrapping up our run of shows this week from the Working Man's Beach, Surf City. And uh, big thanks to uh, everybody back in uh, Network Control for making sure that went off without a hitch. All week long. Also, thanks to uh, the folks here, the the family, Casa Day Johnson for letting me set up studio uh, in our uh, main living area. <laughs> it's been a uh, been a fun week, and uh, on talk of the town, we have the uh, nephews and today the Nissan. That was just a real cute thing and a lot of fun. Uh, it is the PJ Show, the Get You to the Weekend Edition. We got a huge episode for you today. If you're with us in the morning hours on our Facebook uh, Live, Twitter. And YouTube uh, live streaming. Uh, we're going to be doing this every uh, every uh, Friday at this time during the uh, football season. And uh, in two weeks, the show will shift to uh, the radio at six o'clock. That's because it is the triumphant return of Coach Steve Logan to uh, the airwaves in North Carolina and Eastern North Carolina. He'll be heard from the Virginia border, the South Carolina line, ninety-five to the coast. It'll be the Logan Zone returning. It is uh, custom built by Bill Clark Holmes Building Family Traditions, and you can hear it 5 o'clock, two weeks from today, on 94.3 The Game. Also, Talk 103.7 and Talk 96.3. Uh, we have Coach Logan on the phone with us here as uh, he'll be our opening drive guest, if you will, on a momentous day here on the PJ Show. Here is, by the way, uh, just uh, one of the great uh, memories from Coach Logan before we get him on. Because when you're in East Carolina, you go for it. Every time, or you don't coach in East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play in East Carolina with a weak heart. Write it. Coach, I remember that, and I remember the last play of the game that led to that victory that night. Well, the, you know, that was kind of the signature. Um, it, it was the signature of the program, really, all through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And that started, you know, I've told this story a few times, maybe not publicly, but uh, when I came to work for Bill Lewis in 89 and 90, um, particularly at the end of the 89 season, I think we were a five and five football team, something like that. But it, it became, uh, in the off season, I went in and I was, you know, doing an autopsy on scoring, giving up points, whatever, final scores, whatever you want to do. And something jumped off the page at me <clears throat> in 1989. As I said, you know, we were five and five, but against the big boys, the Florida States and the people like that that we encountered that year, um, it jumped off the page at me that at the end of three quarters, the, the scores were 17-14, 21-17, and normally we would be behind three or four points. Then you would go to the fourth quarter of the end of the game, and the score would be 44-17. to it would just be a, a, an avalanche would, uh, you know, the dam would break. And so we went into the 1990 season and the same kind of thing happened. 
we were a five and six football team that year, and the same kind of stuff was going on inside the program. And going into the '91 season, um, you know, we felt like we had a pretty good football team, and I certainly felt like I had a, a difference maker quarterback. And I went to Coach Lewis and presented him um, kind of a well, it was a printed up contract, and uh, okay. it was all about playing to the last play of the game. And I said, you know, Bill, why don't we give these to the players and have them sign that they will play their hearts out to the last play of the game, not look at the scoreboard and just get to the last play of the game because of this, what I just described, this this breaking of the dam somewhere midway through the fourth quarter where we just couldn't hold up, didn't hold up, whether it was mental or physical, who knows. But anyway... We adopted that, and I'll never forget we took those contracts and we taped them on the kids' lockers so that when they came in to get dressed for the game, there was that contract that they signed. And it was a really effective motivational tool that really took root, particularly in 1991. If you go back and look at those scores, as you know, we lost the opening game of that season on the last play of the game to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we rattled off 11 victories after that. And if you go look at the victories in 1991, I don't know how many of them were on the last play of the game. But, uh, you know, when we say last play of the game, I'm talking some of them were literally the last play. You know, I'm talking inside of a minute left to play. But the point was we began to grow a culture with the players and the coaches that we were going to we were going to stay and whether you were Miami or Bowling Green, it didn't matter. We were going to stay there for 60 minutes, and then we were going to look up at the scoreboard. And so, you know, there's just a little bit of inside baseball for you that, uh, you know, became a signature. And all through the 90s, all through my tenure, I, I just, maybe somebody would be interested to go back and look at how many games we won with a minute left on the clock or a two-minute drill or, yeah. you know, quote, the last play of the game. There were a lot of them. Steve Logan is uh, with us. The Logan Zone returns to radio, uh, brought to you by Bill Clark Holmes. Uh, two weeks from today, here on 94.3, the game also, you can hear it uh, all across eastern North Carolina on 103.7 WTIB and uh, talk I've done the shows this week from uh, the beach. So, Coach, I think you've got it figured out. Work from the beach. It's pretty good. Well, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going (laughs) to get a uh, training session on how all this is handled (laughs) because all of my radio work previous to this has always been in studio. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the way that you guys have put this together, and of course, I listen to, you know, the talk of the town, I listen to your program and, it's seamless. You know, I mean, you, you just can't tell on the receiving end, which is great. And, uh, you know, I, I rotate back and forth between Raleigh and the beach. I spend mm-hmm. most of my time mm-hmm. at the beach. But uh, that, that's a real plus and one of the real, uh, you know, things that came into play to making it to where I want to do this and looking forward to it. You know, last season we had Doug Martin on Fridays. He's going to come back and be our guest on Fridays this season uh, for uh, the Patrick Johnson Show, which will follow yours on Fridays uh, in a couple of weeks, starting at, at 6, Logan Zone uh, at 5 o'clock, beginning two weeks from today on all of our stations. And uh, there's a lot of things he says that I hear a little bit of Coach Loganisms in, 
But he also talks about uh, your guys fishing a little bit. So have you guys been able to link up <laughs> since he got back from uh, from USFL? Yes. Well, not not this year, but uh, before he left and uh, worked in the USFL this spring, we were out on the water on the water a lot. And uh, he is, uh, you know, Doug is an interesting kind of event in my life when I became the head coach. Right. I'll tell you a quick story. When I became the head coach, I needed, you know, I had to build a staff. And uh, I called a very, very close friend of mine. Um, and I said, look, i got to have a tight end coach. And he said, I'm going to tell you exactly who to hire. He just got fired at, I think, East Tennessee State, whatever the case was. But anyway, mm-hmm. I just took it on good faith. And I called Doug. And uh, I didn't know him, never seen him. I had no idea who he was, where <laughs> Other than this recommendation, I said, look, I just got this job, and I need you, if you want to take this job, I want you to fly from Johnson City, Tennessee, straight to Florida, start recruiting, and we have a recruiting weekend coming up this Friday. Well, he took the job. He did that the first time I ever saw him. He came walking into the building with three recruits from Florida, and then he <laughs> oh, there you go. He was my yep, he was my tight end coach, and he progressed to being the wide receiver coach, then the quarterback coach, and then ultimately my uh, offensive coordinator and stayed with me my entire tenure. And he's one of the closest friends I've ever had in my life. And just one of the very, very best teachers of the game that uh, I've ever encountered. He, he's a quality guy. And on top of that, a, a, a good guy too, as you said, I mean, just a heck of a human being. Uh, Steve Logan is with us, coach ECU Hall of Famer, ECU's all-time wins leader in football, uh, joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So um, he, the thing he told me he liked the most about the USFL, this is a little bit of the Loganisms creeping in, is you're dealing with professionals, motivated professionals. And I've heard you say before on your show that that was the thing that you enjoyed the most in your NFL experience. Without a doubt, uh, I, I enjoyed working with the. Let me let me say this. I enjoyed. I started out as a junior high football coach, and I loved right. those knuckleheads, and I loved the high school players. I loved the junior college players. I was a head football coach at a at Hutchinson Junior College in Kansas. I've loved every player I've ever coached, literally. But the the you know when you get to the pinnacle, I spent eight years coaching professional football. And uh, it's so liberating to go out, and Doug and I have talked about this, and I, last year was his first in, encounter with professional players, and I said, Doug, you're going to love walking out to practice and knowing you don't have to put one ounce of energy into coaching effort. Those guys come out there every day, and if they don't give effort, they're gone. So, yeah. you know, that is removed from the equation, which allows you to go into the classroom, so to speak, and just teach the game. Rarely, if ever, do you ever have to raise your voice. I was never a screamer or a yeller anyway. But at the collegiate level from time to time, I would have to, you know, slap a knot on somebody's forehead to get their attention and, you know, get back to business. And, uh, right. you know, but you just, there's none of that. Uh, and, and, the, and the other thing that came about is the, uh, you know, at the collegiate level, when Johnny goes out on Friday night and gets stupid, guess what? I got to deal with that, right? Well, right, yeah. at the professional level, if Johnny goes out and gets stupid, guess what? On Saturday morning, you're going to have an 8 a.m. meeting, and the player better be there. And all of his off-the-field troubles are handled by lawyers, 
agents, whoever, yeah. but not me. <laughs> right. Not me. I yeah. don't care. I don't care. Uh, we've got a game to get ready for. Here's the meeting. Here's the game plan. Let's go teach. Let's go coach. And it is super liberating as a teacher in that environment, and I really cherish that. Yeah. Coach Logan will be returning to radio in two weeks, two weeks from today. You'll hear him 5 o'clock on 94.3 The Game, and also you'll hear him on Talk 103.7 WTIB and Talk 96.3. We had Coach in the announcement earlier in the week on Talk of the Town. We replayed some of that here on our show, and uh, Coach has been good enough to join us uh, here on our live uh, video stream right now, and also uh, if you're listening to us uh, on the drive home this afternoon. How did radio come about, Coach? Because, you know, I, I know dealing with the media was something you kind of had to do. Uh, and, and you were great with it, I thought, because you were always so insightful. I, I always enjoyed your coaches' shows that you would do. They are probably a pain in the neck to do, but I remember them on Sunday nights, and I just, it, that was so interesting to listen to you. So I, I, you obviously have a gift for talking about the game and breaking it down and doing it and communicating effectively, but... How did the the radio come about? Did you ever did it take a lot of arm twisting or, you know, considering on your part? Well, um, it it just kind of uh, evolved. It was kind of organic. Um, when I left East Carolina, I got into the media pretty quickly. I was doing uh, television color commentary for Army football mm-hmm. on the yeah. Nesson network up in New York. It was kind of a big deal. And uh, that was my entrance into the media. And uh, so I moved to Raleigh and I moved right over by the airport so I could get in and out. And uh, I was kind of thinking that, uh, you know, I would, that the media would be my route from then on. I really wasn't uh, anxious about getting back into coaching. And uh, I didn't care either way, to be honest with you. But the media thing came easily. Uh, I enjoyed the television work, and then uh, at the time here in Raleigh, uh, WRAL, um, they called me and began to make a routine of calling me and just doing uh, just some guest appearances. And uh, right. at, you know, it it moved the needle a little bit, and uh, so they called me and said, "What do you think about doing a daily show uh, in the in the?" fall because, and I told him, I said, yeah, you know, I'll do that. You know, dip your toe in the water and see what happens. And I had a really, really good time. I think I was doing like 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which come to find out they told me was the worst slot on the planet. You know, because (laughs) (laughs) you know, nobody's driving their car at that time, right? Right, But anyway, even at those hours, we were getting a great response. And uh, and I was just doing a straight call-in show because I was having such a good time with people that called in, and uh, they were asking good questions about the games. You know, when you're in Raleigh, you're centric to North Carolina, North Carolina State, East Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke. You know, you get all of the, all of them, right? So mm-hmm. there was right. always a stream of uh, of activity, and uh, that led to the Saturday morning deal which really really took off it was a which was a really nice slot you know we were on from 10 to noon right before the collegiate kickoff everybody was driving to the game right and you, yeah. you could catch that on the drive and we really had a lot of activity on that and it fit because right after i began to do that in the fall 
um, I began to coach in NFL Europe, which is spring football. So I was right. leaving and going to Europe and coaching NFL football from March, April, May, June. I'd come back, and then uh, August, September, October, November, I was doing media in fall, which is a, a great gig. And uh, that we did that for three, four, five years. I don't know how many, but then uh, out of NFL Europe, I was offered a job at uh, Boston College. Right. And, I, you know, I had sworn I would n- never go back and coach college football, but a friend of mine got the head job. <laughs> right. And I told Jags. him, when he called me, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to do that. And he's, we talked back and forth. And I told him, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it if the AD puts it in my contract. I have zero responsibility for discipline, zero responsibility for recruiting. I will do yeah. neither of those come and coach the offense and score lots of points. They agreed to that, and for two years I had one of the greatest college jobs on the planet, uh, besides the opportunity to coach Matt Ryan. And, you know, consequently we won 20 games in two years. I had a ball, but that led to Tampa Bay. To the, I went into the NFL from there. Right. And so the, right. the radio thing then had to come to a stop. After that, after Tampa Bay, I had two or three years and uh, went back onto the radio, and then San Francisco 49ers called me, and that disrupted it. And uh, after the 49ers, I've coached some spring league football again in the uh, Alliance of American Football. And, yeah. you know, from there, the radio just kind of came to a stop, which was fine. Uh, but, you know, all of a sudden, we're going to give it another whirl, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to get you back on, and, and I know uh, Henry and Hank and myself, too, are really excited. Our, our team is excited. you got Philip the Ref Pilkington as your producer. He's a chatty Cathy coach, just giving you some fair warning. He's a little bit of a chatty Cathy. <laughs> well, I'll handle that part. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll handle that. My head coaching experience, I'll be able to handle that. <laughs> hey, I want to get your, your take here, and I appreciate your time, uh, on a, a couple of uh, things that are kind of going on. Obviously, the big uh, the Pac-12 imploded last week. Uh, it doesn't look like, as we speak here right now, the ACC is going to take Stanford and Cal. But just what do you think of this now? continental, cross-continental football that we're going to see in the Big Ten and, and possibly with the ACC, maybe with the American. It, it, it's Football, I guess you could kind of pull it off. It's these other sports, which I, I know you're kind of intimately familiar with, too, just as a fan and, and your son's involvement and all that. So I, you, you pay a lot of attention uh, to, to these other sports as well. But it just it – just, we're, we're a long way from 1991, aren't we? Oh, man. Uh, I'll tell you this, and this is something, you know, vindicates me. Uh, I'm going to break my arm, pat myself on the back a little bit here. In in 1998, in 1998, when they rolled out the BCS, uh, this greatly, well, I'll be honest with you, it began the end. That was the beginning of the end of my tenure at East Carolina because it leveled the recruiting so drastically that I couldn't continue to get on an airplane and go to Syracuse, West Virginia, South Carolina, all the places we went and feel like I had an opportunity, the same opportunity. Let me put it that way. And we didn't. Right. It changed. And that's a matter of fact. 
And uh, there were people saying, well, that's an excuse. No, it's not. It's a reason. And the reason uh, began to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we all know now that I was way more right than wrong, that the leveling effect that it had, you know, I should say the unleveling effect, it unleveled everything. It, the, you know, uh, the difference became so drastic between a power five and a non-power five. And, uh, you know, that, that was disappointing to me. I saw it. I saw what was happening in the trenches immediately um, with, with what it did to East Carolina, the Southern Mist, the, you know, those kinds of people. And uh, wow. so, you know, I'm not a fan of it, never have been. And, uh, you know, what you've got now are college football, to be honest with you, when you're talking about uh, national championships and things of that nature, you're talking about eight or ten football teams. Now, you may have been talking about those same eight or ten back in the day, but, uh, you know, I watched Virginia Tech, who did get admitted into the ACC, Really, their first step was getting into the Big East. Then they got right. admitted into the ACC, and then I watched Frank Beamer, and I watched Virginia Tech, which was an identical school to East Carolina back in the early 90s. I watched right. Frank Beamer have a chance and almost win a national championship. You saw that. I saw that. Everybody saw that. Those things aren't available to the to the rest of, the, of that world that didn't get in. And you can tell yeah. me it is, but it isn't. You know, uh, so anyway, not a fan of it, but nobody's <laughs> nobody called me, and that's okay. But uh, I do I I do enjoy every year watching, you know, the basketball tournament that's a, that is level. It is, it, and I understand that you know the Dukes are the Dukes. I get that, but every year you see somebody get into that tournament and have great upsets, and they have the ability to win, and certainly in baseball. Uh, yeah. You know, baseball, I got it. They're the big boys are the big boys. But anybody can sneak into that thing because baseball is still a pretty level playing field. And so, anyway, there's my gospel. Nobody's listening to it. <laughs> hey, Coach, this was uh, awesome. Uh, looking forward to, to having you back uh, in the fold on radio again. And, uh you know, it won't it won't say your name only in the in the ratings books. My my show's on at five, so you're going to give my hour a big boost with your show ratings wise. So I appreciate you doing well, that. When you well, see, there you go. There, there's no BCS in radio. There's enough room for everybody. True. No, that is I used true. To tell and people, I'm, I used I'm excited to tell people, to have I, you I used to tell people on my show that I was always trying to compete with Rush Limbaugh. You know, he had like 40 billion <laughs> listeners. I think we had six. Right. But we were there. We did have a chance. You were there. Yeah. I was there. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. So you're saying exactly. there's a chance. Hey, Coach, yep. uh, awesome to talk to you. Enjoy the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you uh, two weeks from today, 5 o'clock on uh, 94.3, the game 103.7 and uh, 96.3. Take care, Coach. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll see you. All right. Steve Logan in the Logan Zone. He'll be on two weeks from today. Awesome stuff. All right. Uh, if you're with us on our uh, video uh, stream, thanks for being with us. We're going to uh, sign off for now. If you're with us on the radio side, 94.3 The Game. Stay tuned. We'll have a pirate report for you right after this. Time for a road trip. 
more of the P-Man coming up next on 94.3 The Game. Let's get out of here. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. of a unique start to the Pirate Report today because our guy Brett McMurphy, who was on the uh, Deos with us, or the show with us on uh, Monday from the Action Network, has uh, tweeted out the favorite musical artists from Coaches in the American. Now, we know Mike Houston, he likes some Bon Jovi, we know he likes some Earth, Wind & Fire, but... He's a guy who likes Journey. One of the big dates early on in my relationship with my now wife we went on was a Journey concert. And we saw Foreigner, too. Foreigner, Vic Jones wasn't playing that night, so it was a very expensive Foreigner cover band. There's no original members, but uh, Foreigner rolled back through this week on their farewell tour. We'll see if they're really saying farewell. Uh, all right, so some of the other concert uh, or musical artist favorites. Uh, we said Coach Houston Journey. FAU's Tom Herman likes Lionel Richie. He's out with Earth, Wind, and Fire now. Navy's Brian Newberry likes Pearl Jam. All right. Uh, Ryan Sil- Silverfield, the Memphis coach, ACDC. That is his jam. Uh, North Texas's Eric Morris. Well, what would you think? He's in Texas. George Strait, King George. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, for Rice's Mike Bloomgren, Luke Combs. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, SMU's Rhett Lashley likes Thomas Rhett, probably because of the name there. Uh, Temple Stan Drayton, man, a few words, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Tulane's Willie Fritz, the Spinners. We saw the Spinners, uh, me and my buddies, the Minji's boys, in concert. Uh, probably around this time of year, 13, 12, 15, maybe more years ago, out of the Pitt County Fairgrounds. They were late. They left, they locked their keyboard or something in a, in, in a trunk or something like that. Uh, for, uh, Kevin Wilson at Tula, uh, Tulsa, he likes Boston. UAB's Trent Dilfer likes Chris Tomlin. I'm not familiar with his comic stylings. Uh, Alex Alex uh, Golish at USF likes Luke Combs. Okay. UTSA's Jeff Trailer, of course, it's George Strait. How about Biff Pogge? What do you think Biff's favorite musical artist is, or who it is? Who do you think for Biff Pogge it is? That's it. Well, it is on this part of the segment because. It's Frank Sinatra. He would be a Sinatra guy. That's it. No more on that. Uh, Holden Aylers goes four for four in his debut for the Seahawks. Throws a touchdown, 43 yards in that game against the Vikings. Uh, his one-time teammate, Blake Prohl, had a catch in that game. Little Pirates in the pros for you. And uh, ECU will go 
with uh, today's practice being in just helmets. And then tomorrow, the scrimmage inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium will have uh, coverage for you on our social, and we'll have uh, a lot more for you here on the Patrick Johnson Show on Monday. All right, turning our attention now to one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures, pro wrestling. Been a fan since I was a little kid. We have Anthony Bowens from the tag team The Acclaimed from AEW. AEW Wrestling is going to be at the Greensboro Coliseum tomorrow night. So uh, we'll have Anthony Bowens on with us, talk about uh, his career. Big baseball guy. We'll get into some of that next. What are you doing? Two pros and a cup of Joe. Dan Patrick, voice the colors with Stephen Igo and the Patrick Johnson Show. This is perfect. Why didn't I think of this before? We have you covered with all things sports. More of the P-Man coming up next on 94.3 The Game. We are. We are. We are. Riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's showtime. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. We have, uh, over the years, talked with uh, lots of people from AEW, from uh, the Hardys to Tony Schiavone uh, and others. And it's really good to talk right now to one half of one of the big success stories in that promotion over the last year plus. A member of the acclaimed, Anthony Bowens, joins us here on The Patrick Johnson Show. It is a real treat to have you on. And AEW Collision, which is a new show that uh, premiered a couple months ago on TNT on Saturday nights is going to be in Greensboro, the historic Greensboro Coliseum. Anthony, thank you for uh, being on with us. It's really great to talk to you uh, ahead of this tomorrow. Thank you for having me, Patrick. I'm excited to get down there and uh, kick some butt, as always, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, AEWTix.com, still great seats available in historic Greensboro Coliseum. I know you've been at it for a decade or so. Uh, Have you ever been to the historic Greensboro Coliseum at any point. I believe this will be my very first time, and I'm having a good time this year checking off uh, some of these really cool arenas off my list. Um, so I'm excited to get down there, and I haven't been in the ring since, uh, unfortunately, the, the night that uh, Billy Gunn retired. So it's going to be a, a good first night, a good first step forward in the, the next era of the acclaim. That is uh, what we're going to talk about that. By the way, the acclaimed is comprised of Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. Uh, They they just caught fire in the last year. They became the tag team champs, and they were with the Billy Gunn. A lot of people remember Billy from his time, uh, a couple stints in WWE, but he's probably had a career resurgence in AEW here. He's been as hot as the acclaim have, but he, he put his boots in the middle of the ring the other week, which is significant, which was to signify he's retiring. So is he retired, Anthony? Yes, Billy Gunn is officially retired. Um, we had a long talk with him uh, probably about a week and a half ago, and he holds himself to a high standard. You know, it's like, like you said before, he had an incredible career, and he's always been seen as a freak athlete. Um, and he kind of feels like he's lost the step at his age in those high-pressure scenarios, and um, he decided that it was his time. So... We have to respect that, and we have to move forward and uh, use everything that he taught us over the last year and a half to uh, make ourselves, you know, even better and hopefully become tag team champions again. So, but we, you all will still scissor. Uh, that, that's the that's the acclaims kind of secret handshake uh, for those of you that aren't AEW fans out there that we're going to convert this afternoon. But I mean, are you guys will still si- will do the scissor shake, right? 
Absolutely. Scissoring isn't going anywhere. For those uh, hearing this for the first time and might be slightly confused, scissoring <laughs> is a hand <laughs> is a handshake and a sign of friendship where you extend both your middle and your pointer finger and then you interlock with another person's pointer and middle finger and uh, you aggressively uh, you know scissor each other. Yeah. It's a it's a term of or it's a, a it's a move of endearment essentially it's a handshake of endearment it's it's a greeting as Anthony said all right moving on uh, Anthony Bowens from AEW is with us here a lot to talk about with him we're really excited he's with us this afternoon so Greensboro tomorrow Collision live national television the show has done really well I know it dipped last week going against SummerSlam but the ratings have been really strong for this show and I enjoyed it to me right now as a pro wrestling fan for decades. This is my favorite uh, show right now, and I love that you guys are on it, you and Max Caster. Uh, Wembley Stadium coming up, uh, set up for over 84,000, close to 80,000, if not over 80,000 tickets. Will the acclaim be on the card? That's really what I want to know. I know we will be there. I have no idea what we're doing on the show yet. We still have to earn our place on that card. Um, But whether we're wrestling or not, my goal is to break the Guinness Book of Records for the biggest, going back to scissoring here, the biggest scissor <laughs> party. <laughs> if we can get 80, 85,000 people, 84,000 people linking up and, and scissoring and having a good time, I, that'll make me happy. But I'm really, really excited because, you know, these are, for, for the longest time, being able to wrestle in front of that size audience, you can only do that one place. And now with AEW here, um, you know, the opportunity to do that is, right there in front of us and I cannot wait to get over to London and uh, feel that energy and, and what that that's going to feel like. It, it, it's going to wind up being legit the biggest crowd in wrestling history and that's and I that's say that right. legit it will be the uh, largest crowd in uh, in wrestling history. That's good. That's good stuff. Hey, uh, the last year you and, and Max Caster uh, in AEW really caught on and it seemed like it was organic that you guys caught on. When, when did you guys know all right, our act is going to the next level or, 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 you know, this team is going to the next level. Really? When we linked up with Billy and his um, horrible uh, human beings <laughs> of his son. Right. Uh, the gun club, or I can't say, I don't know if I can curse on the, on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when we aligned with them and I, I was in a hurt and I was in the wheelchair at the time and Billy was pushing me around and I got to sitting in that wheelchair. I got to take in everything that was going on because I had nothing else to do but sit there. And um, I could see how crazy people were getting with our dynamic and how the scissoring was taking off. And then once the, the scissor me uh, daddy ass thing came along, then it was just you know rocket to the moon. AEW tomorrow night in Greensboro, Greensboro Coliseum for Collision. Uh, it'll be a great card tomorrow. And then Wembley Stadium, we mentioned that show. That'll be August 27th. That is AEW All In. It'll be in the afternoon uh, in the in the States, if you will, or at least on the East Coast. And uh, you can watch that. But it's going to be a spectacle over there. And I'm very excited uh, for that coming up at the end of August. So, Anthony, um, you know, you, you do a little search of anybody on Google and uh, different articles pop up and different factoids pop up and the Wikipedia uh, pops up. But I've actually researched, you did play college baseball. I've seen it in the stats. I've seen the NCAA stats. So uh, college baseball is very big in the community we're in. I do the games on ESPN Plus for the team. So uh, it's a huge deal. College baseball is a cool game too. So that was, was that your sport? I mean, that was it kind of growing up for you, I guess, baseball, right? 
Yeah, so my two loves were professional wrestling and baseball. Um, I was a lot smaller of an individual back then, so wrestling I didn't think was in the cards. <laughs> right. Um, I played baseball from uh, Little League all the way through college, uh, Division One at Seton Hall University for two years, and then I transferred over to Montclair State University um, for two years. And then once I stopped playing baseball, I transitioned over to professional wrestling. But uh, I had a great time playing <clears throat> playing in the Big East. Um, got to play against a, a bunch of people who are in the MLB now or have been in the MLB. So it was a fun time. I do miss it. And I do get the itch to, to swing and get on that field again. So hopefully I'll have an opportunity to do that eventually in the future. So when you uh, were growing up, what, what got you into baseball or who were your favorite players growing up? Uh, huge San Francisco Giants fan, huge Barry Bonds fan. Uh, I saw the Giants play the Mets in the 2000 Division Series and J.T. Snow hit a home run off of uh, Armando Benitez to yeah. tie the game. I was like, wow, this team is pretty cool. And then the next year, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs, and I was just like, this is this is my guy right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and every year, my dad and I and my, my mom, we would fly to a different stadium each year, and we'd see Barry play. Oh, wow. And um, just a ton of good memories. How many stadiums have you been in, uh, Major League? How many how many parks have you been to? Oh, God, I, I, I probably at least 16. Okay. Is that including a, like the older, you know, yeah. the old Shea and the old Turner Field, gotcha. old Yankee Stadium, hey, Veteran Stadium, Philly. So you got a little more disposable income now, and you may have out of college originally. So uh, do you <laughs> do you feel like okay, that's a little bucket list thing I still want to do is maybe hit a few uh, of these other parks so I could say because there's people that you know spend parts of their summers so they could say they've been in every major league park. Is that does that interest you any, on any level? Oh, absolutely. I still do. Anytime we're in the city um, where I haven't been to a stadium, I make sure I go. I've been able to see the Giants three times on the road. Oh, wow. Um, which magically has lined up somehow. I don't know how, how that's working. Uh, Toronto, um, Colorado, and Anaheim. Um, so I, I've been going to a couple games. And I, I actually, I love to do it by myself, too, because there's no one to bother me. We're <laughs> like, let's go do this. No, I want to sit. I want to score the game. I want to watch my Giants. Oh, wow. And I, I have a, a really good time doing it. So you're not just any celebrity fan there for the photo op. You're into it and scoring the game. That's pretty cool. Everybody scores in their book differently. You know, that's that's the the one thing that we all kind of share, but we're all different in, in baseball. That's the cool thing about mm-hmm. it is everybody kind of has their own little system to score the game, and uh, that's fun to me. Uh, Anthony it Bowens. Really is. Yeah, it really is. Anthony Bowens is with us. I, I love Anthony Bowens. I could talk to him all day. We're not going to keep him long, but I, I he's just been fabulous as a guest here. Now, uh, I saw on social media a while back, you had made the uh, move. You had the itch to get into acting. You were going to give it a go. In a podcast this week, you talked about that you were going to uh, wind up uh, hoping to get into modeling after your pro wrestling career. So, And you've moved to L.A. So what, what has led you in that direction, um, you know, to... To get into the acting, to get into to maybe doing some modeling after wrestling. Well, I moved to LA more to to build a foundation for uh, in the entertainment side of things with acting, uh, modeling, and I've done commercials for uh, I've done seven commercials in my career. I've done a bunch of modeling, three magazine covers, uh, five magazine spreads, um, a successful YouTube channel with my boyfriend. Um, I've posted things. So I like to dip my toes in all avenues of entertainment. Um, the one thing that I haven't really tackled yet, TV film. 
And I feel like uh, it's kind of a natural transition considering, you know, we do live television every single week and, you know, um, it's just a goal of mine after, after wrestling. I love professional wrestling and I want to do it until I can do it no longer. But at some point, you know, your body says you can't do this anymore. And, um, you know, I'd like to have plan A, like I have plan B, no matter how good something's going. So, um, the same thing with professional wrestling, uh, pro, pro wrestling was plan A, my college degree ended up being plan B, which, you know, they're life saving to put me through college. Um, <laughs> so uh, I like to have backup for everything, no matter what. And that's why I'm here in LA. Also, I just love living here. It's, it's really, it's really nice. It's fun. I do miss home though. Yeah. In New Jersey. Gotcha. Anthony Bowens, uh, AEW collision tomorrow night at the Greensboro Coliseum. It'll be live eight o'clock on TNT. If you're unable to attend, but there are tickets available. AEWtix.com. On pay-per-view coming up uh, in at the end of the month, uh, AEW All-In in Wembley Stadium in London. They're going to have over 80,000 strong for that one, uh, maybe even over 85,000 uh, for that one with standing room. So we'll see. Uh, it has been a hot ticket all summer, and uh, they have been snapped up pretty quick, and it seems like more and more are bought up every day. Uh, Anthony, part of the uh, one-time World Tag Team Champs, the Acclaimed, uh, and uh, it's a, uh, a tag team with he and Max Caster. Do you help? Do you ever help Max? Max Caster raps on his way to the ring. I love the raps. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever help write any of the lyrics or, or throw in an idea? So that's a question I always get when I have, when I uh, do an interview. So the the truth is no. Caster <laughs> is. <laughs> I, I have no musical ability. I can sing a little bit, but I can't rap. Um, but what, what we'll do is we'll have a little meeting early on in the day, and I will bring anything that I've seen in the news, I've seen on Twitter, anything that is relatable to who we're wrestling that night or the town that we're in. I'll kind of um, give that to him, and then he goes off somewhere. I don't know where he goes. Right. <laughs> he goes off somewhere to get into his creative process, and then he comes back with his finished product. So. Um, I cannot take credit for coming up with, you know, his rap. Maybe every once in a while, I'm like, hey, it'd be funny if you said this, and then he'll right. make it in his own words. Do you? Does he have like a notebook that he keeps, or does he put it in his phone? Do you know? I mean, does he have like a notes in his phone? How? Do, what's his process as far as? Because when you write a lot, as you as you probably know, you carry a, like I have a notebook I'll carry with me during, you know, getting ready for a broadcast for sports, and I'll make notes in it as as I kind of go along. Uh, if there's something I, I want to come back to or talk about. So does does he do that in his creative process? Yeah, he has a, he, he has a, a note app on his phone. He'll write down a bunch of things. He'll write down stuff he'll hear himself. Um, so I'm sure he has a notepad or, or his, uh, his right. note app. I'm sure he has a ton of uh, his past raps. At least I hope he does because it would be fun <laughs> for him to look back and see uh, right. <laughs> all the crazy stuff that we've said people you know it, it, see i'm old i've given my age away there i'm old school because i i have the notepad i don't have i can't figure the phone out enough <laughs> to do that um but it's like scoring baseball there's some people who do it now on tablets that are broadcast no do it in the book i got the book i gotta have no. the book to score the game in same i actually just saw i think it was a worker at aew he had a, a tablet where there was an uh, app on it where you can score baseball on it and it was really cool but i was like eh. I'd rather just have the old school, you know, pen and paper or yeah. pencil and paper. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you mentioned you were a wrestling fan, uh, and you got into the industry or the sport. 
Um, who who did you what did you watch growing up? Who were your favorites growing up? Oh, well, Sting was the guy who originally got me into pro wrestling. I was six years old, and I saw a commercial for him and uh, uh, him versus Hulk Hogan at Starcade '97. Yeah, and I was just in awe of who this you know who this guy was and the face paint, and you know he was in this creepy warehouse and it was raining. He was walking and he was trying to beat the crap out of Hulk Hogan. And um, that's what really sparked my interest. And from then on, I was just the, the, the biggest wrestling fan. Now I get to call him a co-worker. And um, having these full circle moments um, in my career, for instance, you know, we, we main evented Dynamite in Washington, D.C., which was where Starcade 97 was yeah. <laughs> against Sting. Um, so it, it was very cool to have those little moments as, as time goes by. That's got to be a pinch yourself moment for you. Sure. Yeah. It really is. Now, here, here's the guy who got me into this. Here's, you know, if you told six-year-old Bowens that, you know, you'd be main eventing against him one day, it, it would absolutely blow his mind. Uh, Anthony Bowens, he'll be at Collision tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be at 8 o'clock on TNT, AEW, AEWTix.com for the Greensboro Coliseum. And uh, AEW All In from Wembley Stadium on the 27th. Get it on pay-per-view. Now, Anthony Bowens has agreed... To play Hold My Beer coming up. So, Anthony, stay with us, and we'll do that as we wrap up the show on the other side. I always listen. Check out the Adam Gold Show. Now, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 94.3 The Game. Download the app. Stick around. The P-Man returns in minutes. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. It is time for Hold My Beer. Anthony Bowens, AEW superstar from the acclaimed. AEW will be in Greensboro tomorrow night at the historic Greensboro Coliseum. AEWTix.com for a collision uh, TV program that will be live. Uh, head out and see them there. All right, Anthony Bowens, uh, you, you've heard it. Hold my beer and then uh, let it rip. So you got to say that first, and then whatever's on your mind that, that grinds your gears. So the floor is yours. Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold my beer. All right, Patrick. Hold my beer. Let's chat about this. Because we were talking about baseball before. And it immediately made me think of all the umpires back in the day that like to think they're big shots because uh. they know they can't be touched on the field. So they will make spike calls. They will have uh, uh, horrible calls in general. And then all you could do is just run out in the field and yell in their face, and then they eject you. And then what? There's never any repercussions <laughs> for it. So I think that you should be allowed to take one swing at an umpire <laughs> per game. If it, <laughs> if it connects, then it's okay. If you miss, then you got to try again next time. But they should at least get something for, <laughs> for overstepping their bounds and thinking they're 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 uh, super tough on the field when I don't think they are. So that is what grinds my gears. All right, that's Anthony's hold my beer. And and here's here's the other thing. 
I don't know if you know this on Twitter, uh, at or X or whatever the hell it's called now, at Bad Sports Refs. That's a Twitter account you need to follow. Okay. A lot of Angel Hernandez calls are in. Oh, no, I will not be following it. Then I'll get very angry. <laughs> well, no, it's it's. They call them out, so you'll like that part of it. But it's that's it. Oh, okay. All right. Anthony Bowens, uh, Greensboro Coliseum tomorrow night. It is AEW Collision on TNT at 8 o'clock. Uh, they have a full card at the Historic Coliseum, AEWTix.com. And don't forget AEW All In on August 23rd from Wembley Stadium in London. Over 80,000 strong. Anthony Bowens from the Acclaim. He's given us a lot of time here this afternoon. So thank you very much. Of course. Thank you for having me. Don't forget to tune in to Collision, like you said. Watch the Acclaim do our thing. And don't forget to scissor all your friends and family. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Anthony. Clark Willis uh, with us, producer of the show. Clark, what do you have for a hold my beer? I have, oh God, hold my beer. That's what I say first, correct? Yes. You might want to hold both of them because this. (laughs) I think everybody listening right now can hold a beer because you're going to agree with this one. I think Greenville has the worst drivers ever. Ooh. Okay. Ever. Ever. And I wish. uh, You know what? And. I'll tell you what, I get stuck behind the craziest people that and uh, get cut off or people just flying past. Uh, so any uh, 5-0 listening out there, uh, make sure you're on 14th and Greenville Boulevard <laughs> because <laughs> you can straighten that area pretty quick. And, uh, yeah, that just grinds my gears because I know we can all be better drivers out there and help each other. Uh, I've driven in Atlanta's crazy traffic, and I, I like that better than Greenville's traffic, for sure. I was going to say, Ever covers a lot of ground. So, all right. Yeah. Yes. Here, here it is. Here's yes. my hold my beer. Hold my beer. We're running over, so I don't want to. I don't want to create too much headache than we already have here. But uh, let me just say, my hold my beer is Clark. You, you've seen the, the situation where the guy has sued Texas Pete, a guy from California, IA, has sued yes. Texas Pete because he says it's it's the wrong name. There, it's name infringement or something. So the, the story today that the owner of Texas Pete, which is based here in North Carolina says they're going to fight this lawsuit. But a federal judge said, it's fine if this suit goes ahead. This is garbage. Everybody knows Texas Pete's not in Texas, baby. But to sue, come on. How's that guy harmed? Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) What those drivers are doing. All right, thanks to uh, Anthony Bowens from AEW. Don't forget, collision tomorrow night on TNT. And their pay-per-view all-in coming up on August 27th from London's Wembley Stadium. Thanks to Coach Logan. It was awesome having him on today. Appreciate Clark Willis as always. Back Monday with a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. And that morning on Talk of the Town, have a great, great weekend. Be safe, everybody.